Tonight's Wednesday, October 21st. It's the Fantasy Finish Line Podcast. Week 7 preview. We're going to do a deep dive into all kinds of things. So all kinds of things. Yes. Ooh. Tonight's Wednesday, October 21st. It's the Fantasy Finish Line Podcast. Week 7 preview. Where did that magnificent baritone come from? So welcome to the Fantasy Finish Line podcast. I am Jason Evans, joined as always by David Biggs. Dave, Hello. cheers, buddy. Cheers. What do you got in that glass there? I have a feeling we'll be doing this all night. Sure. Uh, I am currently right over the mixing board. drinking Deschutes Lil Squeezy Juicy Ale, which is so great because I have to, I have to mention this. Um, in the past, we've done podcasts, and sometimes we have people on the show, actually quite often, uh, and of course they can see what we're drinking, and we tell you what we're drinking, but uh, I can show you what we're drinking now. Now we can, we can show it off. You say, what is this lovely timbre? Entirely. <laughs> yes. I don't have the glass for this one uh, handy right now. It's probably in the recycling bin already, because we recycle here in the studio. But Isn't that special? It is the Raspberry Tart from New Glarus Brewing. Brewing. Uh, from Wisconsin, it is a, a raspberry tart. I mean, it's self-explanatory, and it's freaking delicious. You know, New Glarus um, uh, is closed for, for the rest of this year due to, to COVID, and we were actually up there recently trying to go to the brewery um, to, to have some of their excellent beers, and unfortunately they're not available, but you can always grab that stuff as, as soon as you cross the uh, state line into Wisconsin. That's so true. If anyone is around in the Midwest and wants to take a little drive, you don't have to really do much. You don't have to go out and interact with people if you're feeling very conservative. All you have to do is go to a gas station that's in, in Wisconsin, Wisconsin and you can go home with some beers. They have almost so. everything that New Glarus would sell at every <laughs> place you can buy liquor in Wisconsin. It's yep. quite wonderful. So tonight we are going to talk about some of the things upcoming in week seven. We're going to do a deep dive into some uh, players that you would want to look at in a deeper league or in a dynasty league. And we're going to talk about trends. Trends are a thing that we always like to dive into. We look at players trending up and trending down. Um, so Dave, shall we dive straight into the trends? Yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's take a deep dive into the trends. And at any point, if you're listening to us live, you want to ask us some questions about what we're talking about, or you just have lineup questions and you want to completely derail the conversation, feel free, go right ahead. We will uh, be, you know, keeping one eye on the chat room in order to uh, help you guys out. So, training up players. When we talk about trends, we try to limit this to uh, three weeks, up or down. We try to find players that are literally up, 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 or down, down, down over the last three weeks so that we can kind of say, okay, they're doing good, they're on our radar, what should we make of that? Are they going to continue doing well? Not necessarily trending up forever because... Um, that's impossible, but perhaps trending down forever. That is certainly possible. Once you get to zero, you can still go negative in fantasy football. Mm -hmm. So my first player trending up is Kenyon Drake running back from Arizona. We saw on Monday night, he had a spectacular game. He's been trending up since week four where he had 3.5 points at Carolina week five at the jets. He had 12.7 and then week six against Dallas. He had 28.4. So he's, um, Trending up in all of his relevant stats. Carries, yardage, touchdowns, fantasy points. All going up. Love to see it. 
He put on a great show on Monday night. He capped it off with a 69-yard rushing touchdown at the end of the game. I think it was two minutes to go. Um, really cool to see. So he did what he was supposed to do against bad teams in the last two weeks. The Jets, the Dallas defense is absolutely terrible. That's what we like to see. The Cardinals are now 4-2, and two, and I believe that they're going to continue to play well. And that means that they're going to need to lean on their running back a bit. They have a great running game between Kenyon Drake and really Kyler Murray in Arizona. So I expect to see lots of Kyler of Kenyon Drake and Kyler, to be honest. So Drake is averaging five and a, 5.9 yards per carry in the last two games. He has three total touchdowns. His team has scored 30 points each week. Yeah, finally, right? We've talked about uh, numerous times already uh, during this season how Kenyon Drake was trending down, how we expected him to uh, to topple that uh that, that particular obstacle, and he yeah. was not able to do it, not able to do it, and even the coach was, was talking numerous times about how they need to get Drake the ball more, they're not giving up on Drake, they want to get Drake involved, yep. so these last two games has been very helpful, and uh, of course they played the, the hapless Cowboys led by Andy Dalton in this last game, but oh. it's been the game I think that Drake needs to kind of break out and realize that he should be performing at a high level on this offense. Sure, a little digression here is um, <laughs> the like seeming like teetering on revolt against Mike McCarthy, the fastest you've seen a team turn on a new coach. Yeah, um, I, I I've heard all these negative things about the coaches there, specifically yeah. Mike McCarthy, and and that stuff doesn't usually come out unless it's true and the team really hates what's going on. It kind of leaks to those beat reporters and everyone else. Absolutely. And I uh, I imagine it was kept under wraps because. Dak didn't want it out. Now that Dak's not there and shit's hitting the fan, boy, it's just going to be lots of anti-Mike McCarthy if they can't uh, pull together some wins really quickly. For sure. So, back to Kenyon Drake. He's got two of his next four games against Seattle. Seattle gives up double-digit points to anyone who has a decent running game. Uh, There is a game against Miami that they have coming up after a bye. That's a good matchup for Drake as well. I like Drake basically going forward for most of the rest of the season. It seems like the Cardinals offense has passed their early season jitters and passed that 2-2 two and two start. They've put a couple of wins under their belt. They're going to look pretty good. They are in one of the two toughest divisions in football. I also put the AFC North up there. The NFC West is what we thought would be the toughest division, and none of those teams are um, even even have a losing record. So they, they have a better record record-wise. However, the AFC North feels very top-heavy with the undefeated Steelers, the Ravens, and the Browns, who until last week in Pittsburgh looked very good. And one, one thing in defense of the Browns, as I digress again, the Browns' two losses have come against their uh, division rivals, who are very good teams, who uh, got to play at home. So mm-hmm. I think that the Browns can, um, over the long term, put together a very solid team, but they are not at the level of the Ravens and the Steelers just yet. That much is clear. So I like Kenyon Drake going forward. I think his upward trend is a good indicator of what's going to be going on with him. Don't worry about the week against Carolina. That was an away game that was in their sort of losing slump. Um, So, you know, ride Kenyon Drake for most of the rest of the year. I think that you'll find him um, in the top 20 most weeks. Um, I'm going to look. Make sure you go to our website, drink5.com. You can check out uh, Dave's rankings every week. Let's take a look and see where Dave has Kenyon Drake ranked this week. Oh, please do. So, <laughs> Kenyon Drake is number 18. He's playing Seattle this week. He is um, 
His ECR is 17. So Dave is just a, a hair underneath the uh, the rest of the populace when it comes to Kenyon Drake ratings. Yeah, you know, I just updated those uh, a couple of days ago. I think uh, what is it, Wednesday? So, so probably uh, a Tuesday evening. Updated ten twenty twenty. But I will, of course, uh, be doing it again daily, and I usually do them in the evenings, and then uh, if there's any morning or afternoon news, um, which there wasn't that much news um, uh, over the past day. Uh, one no, of the... we're, you're right. We're so used to like eighteen false positive COVID tests and three mm. real ones and two big players being out today. It's all just like this veteran didn't practice on Wednesday. This guy went back to practice. Everything's very quiet right now in the NFL. Yeah. So that's nice to see after uh, such a turbulent start to the year. Um, you know, hopefully we don't have any rescheduled games this week. Like let's go, let, let's start there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a, a question in the chat room. Excellent. It's uh, who should I trade Ronald Jones for? So we do need a little more information. If you can give us, if you have a question, are you in a PPR league, half PPR standard? Uh, is it a dynasty league, a keeper league, or uh, a redraft league? But I would say just off the cuff. I uh, would say you should try to get Ezekiel Elliott maybe. <laughs> I'm okay with that. You know, maybe convince the play the owner of Ezekiel Elliott that well he fumbled, he's a terrible player now. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can do that, you should then... get somebody better than Ronald Jones. Well, basically, if uh, my my advice is if if you're going for another running back, if you're trying to get someone that's that same position, then I think it would be a good deal to to trade for someone who's either at the low end of their value that you think it will get higher, like a Mark Ingram, for example, or someone who may uh, raise up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so, uh, somebody like, uh, Daryl Henderson, uh, Antonio Gibson, um, James Robinson. So right now, those, those guys are all sort of around the same value as Ronald Jones. Is. On the season, Ronald Jones is the 14th ranked running back. Um, next to guys like Todd Gurley ahead of him, Jonathan Taylor behind him. You've got Josh Jacobs just ahead of him. Um, Josh Jacobs is definitely a guy I would rather have than Ronald Jones. Yeah, but you can't trade Ronald Jones for Josh Jacobs. I agree, <laughs> unless you have a sucker for a trade partner. Mm. So it all depends on who you're trading him for, what the needs are on your team. I would trade Ronald Jones, assuming you have enough running back depth, for whatever position you're hurting at most. Well, it... Looking at another position like wide receiver, and I just mentioned a couple of running backs, you could possibly trade for him for that kind of value. Uh, we were looking at guys like um, like AJ Green, Nikhil Harry, uh, T. Higgins as as possible trades um, this particular season. But I, I don't I, like Jason said. It all depends on on all the stats for the I league. I feel like you're uh, not valuing Ronald Jones quite high enough. He's had three straight hundred yard games. The uh, Bucks are playing very well. I mean, I put him with T. Higgins. Yes, but I don't put him with A.J. Green. Well, A.J. Green had a wonderful game this last week. He's had one so far this year. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, guy didn't play at all last year. It, it takes a little time to get into it, right? New Neither quarterback. did T. Higgins. Fair. <laughs> but my point is, it, it's, it depends on if you're valuing a player that you're looking to get at a low base. Sure. To go higher, or or someone like T. Higgins, who's probably as high as he's going to be this year. He's smoked a lot at this point, you know? Sure. And now, um, I, I love these open-ended questions. It creates lots of discussion for us. I feel like we can't help you uh, without more information, though. All right. Well, So we'll move on. If you want to give us some more information, we'll dive back into that. Um, my next player who's trending up is Darren Fells. He's a tight end in Houston. 
Week 4 against Minnesota, he put up 3.1. Week 5 against Jacksonville, 12.7. And then last week in Tennessee, 17.1 points. Um, I have a whole weird thing written up about the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king, and I'm just going to butcher the hell out of it if I read it out loud. So (laughs) please go to the website, read my article about trending players. You'll be able to read it, uh, and it'll perhaps make more sense. But my point about Darren Fells is that he is the tight end five when you look at the last three games. Um, If you don't currently have George Kittle or Travis Kelsey, it's likely that you're in the tight end wasteland, you're streaming tight ends, you're not necessarily... Uh, totally happy with the guy that you've got. Darren Fells is only owned in 32% of Flea Flicker Leagues. So he's trending in the right direction. He's not owned on a lot of teams. In the last two games since Bill O'Brien was fired, the Texans have scored 66 points. The four games before that, they only put up 80 total. So Darren Fells is playing well since Bill O'Brien has been fired. He's being used in the offense more. He is a good candidate for a touchdown every week, which is what you want from a streaming tight end, right? You want someone who can at least put up that high floor. That's right. Do you know interesting fun fact about Darren Fells is that he never played football in college. I he, love fun facts. He actually uh, only played basketball, and he played basketball professionally in Argentina, Mexico, Belgium, Finland, and France. Hell yeah, that's awesome. And he never played football until he was signed uh, um, by the Seattle Seahawks in 2013. Did you know about the Jacksonville Jaguars kicker this week? Explain the the Jaguars situation. I, I don't remember his name, and I'll get that. <laughs> is this uh, from your column on uh, on Monday? It is not, although I do a column every Monday called Statistically Insignificant, where I try to find these fun little stats and relate it to something relevant, mm-hmm. though I often fail and hopefully uh, make something entertaining uh, to look at instead. So we'll see. Anyways, uh, the Jaguars kicker, whose name is... Is... John Brown? <laughs> John with an N, no K. It's no, John no, Brown. No H. No, that wouldn't be him. So uh, you can uh, you can send us some... <laughs> this screen- is great, great can, radio. You can send us some screenshots. not radio at all. You can send us some screenshots uh, if you want to, uh, just like uh, this particular uh, person is in the chat room at drink5.com or jason at drink5.com. And we can pull up our email and look at your league. But he says, uh, or she says, it's the first time in a fantasy league. So uh, that's that's interesting. I I would say if it's your first time in a fantasy league this year, well, one uh, way to ride that rapids, man. Like that's hell yeah. Welcome to your newest addiction. This is probably going to be like the craziest season that you ever have this year. So so uh, it might be a downer from here on out. I don't know. Yeah. But what I will say. <laughs> is that uh, trading is is some of the most fun stuff that you can do in a fantasy league. So jump on it, you know, take the bull by both horns and trade Ronald Jones for someone that you need uh, in some other position. It'll be fun for you. Yeah. If it's a good or a bad experience, it's an experience. So anyways, John Brown, the kicker, the newest kicker for the Jaguars. It is John Brown. It is John Brown. Okay. They have had five different kickers this season. Their latest kicker, his first successful kick in the game was the first time he ever kicked in a football game ever in his life. Wow. Never played college or high school. Never played in any other pro games. He's a soccer player Hmm. that they signed that 
kicked a field goal, and that was the first time he ever kicked a field goal in a live game. Was it a field goal or an extra point that he kicked? Uh, the first one, I mean, he, he successfully I think I saw converted both. I think I saw, I, rem- I remember him saying, like, this This is never done, never done it before, never, uh, never attempted an actual kick in a game. Let's look at his pro football reference page, because <laughs> he has one now. Way to go. No, that's Jonathan Brown. I want J-O-N Brown. Oh, wait, maybe he doesn't have a pro football reference page yet. This is like this is like stumping our rookie expert Sean Foss on where someone went to college. Yeah, the only difference is there's no such thing as a kicker expert. Let's move on to the <laughs> to the next no, guy. It's uh, Pat McAfee. <laughs> uh, he made one extra point and went one for two on field goal attempts. Okay. So well done, John Brown. To John. Good job, John. I'm watching a TV show about John Brown, different John Brown, but we won't get into that. So back to Darren Fells. What we have, what we see with Darren Fells is that the Titans, excuse me, the Texans have identified that he is a guy that's going to score touchdowns. That he's a guy that they need to get the ball to. Had a lot of targets last week, seven targets. Uh, that was third on the team. He has sort of a mixed bag of matchups coming up. So that means he's going to be a good streaming option for some of the weeks, and maybe you would want to go with someone else otherwise. But his trend up is a good indication that he's going to be worthwhile, and he's probably going to finish in the top 10 of tight ends uh, by the end of the year. So it's hard to find your way around the tight end wasteland. Uh, it's best to go with someone who has an eye for the end zone, and that's Darren Fells. I like the fact that um, Deshaun Watson likes throwing to him. He's comfortable throwing to him. He uh, went to him a bunch last year. And perhaps it's not going to be a high-volume guy every week, but it's someone with a decent floor. Mm-hmm. So I just want to look up his touchdowns. He had seven touchdowns last year. He's got three already this year. Uh, he's already got 14 catches. I like where this is going. Darren Fells, ladies and gentlemen. So trending down players, we've got Antonio Gibson, the running back for the Washington football team. Week 4 against Baltimore, he put up 20.8 points. It was a great game. Week 5 against the Rams. And, and again, that game against Baltimore, a lot of that's garbage points. So it's not quality points necessarily. Week 5 against the Rams, 7.6 points. Week 6 against the Giants, the New York football Giants, 7.5 points. So Gibson was trending up and he peaked in Week 4. He had a good performance that week, 128 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. Then after that... Since then, he's had just 3.3 yards per carry in the last two games. He's seeing fewer carries. He's less effective with all of those carries. Credit for his reduced workload goes to J.D. McKissick. He's the number two running back, which is kind of like a 1A, 1B split at this point, really. Technically, McKissick has even started half of the games this year. He's receiving a lot more attention in the passing game than Gibson. So the Washington offense is in quarterback limbo since they benched Dwayne Haskins. Um, right now they're starting Kyle Allen. They've had Alex Smith in there. I don't know what's going to go on for the rest of the season with Washington. I can't imagine that they start Kyle Allen for the whole year. Do yeah. you think that's what they're going to do? I think it's clear that Kyle Allen is their guy. Uh, really? And that follows the coach from the previous team. So it's, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, uh, yeah. What, what they're trying... Do you think they're going to try and get Ryan Fitzpatrick? Uh, I, I don't. Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> is not a means to an end. Uh, it, it's sad about Ryan Fitzpatrick that he had such a good season and then just going to give it to Tua now sort of abruptly. 
Um, yes. But that's a different topic and one that doesn't have a whole lot of fantasy relevance other than those people that happen to have Fitzpatrick for some reason uh, starting in one-quarterback leagues. And th- those teams maybe were destined to lose but are but have been winning. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're sorry about that. I hope you were able to pick up Tua. Um, but I think personally that uh, the whole concept behind uh, Washington and that shift in management is to play the, the the players, the positional players, and redo the entire team. And so you're going to build around people uh, like McLaurin uh, and some of the people on the defense and Antonio Gibson, and you're going to redo that whole team. So in two years, it's going to be totally different except for those guys. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like if you're in a dynasty league, sometimes you have to blow up your team to make it better. They're going to start Kyle Allen because it's a known commodity for the coach. Uh, Alex Smith is not a good football player anymore, but uh, he tried. He tried, and he got out there. Yeah. Uh, and it's clear that Dwayne Haskins is either going to be released or traded somehow. Interesting. But very Antonio interesting. Gibson, is it possible that uh, you know he hasn't been doing very well because of the quarterback turmoil and that he could uh, start to do better again? Or do you think that it's just the end of uh, Gibson? As I don't a... think it's the end of Gibson. He's a rookie, after all. Yeah, right. But what we see is that McKissick is getting a larger percentage of the snaps over the last few weeks than Gibson is. And maybe that's, again, because uh, because he's more of a veteran guy that kind of they, could they, be. they know what he has. It definitely could be. Um, so Gibson is not really producing enough to be starting every week at all until he's getting more of the carries again. And maybe if McKissick were to go down with an injury or something like that, uh, then Gibson would be relevant again. However, after a week or two of this, I would expect to find him on your cut list, Dave. Which, a uh, little preview for later, we will go over a list of players that Dave wants everybody to cut from their team. I don't want you to cut them. Oh, you demand that you cut that <laughs> they are cut. But I've had a pretty good track record with guys to cut. And, uh, like, for example, Tyler Higby this past week. I just think that there are uh, some players that are clearly trending in a bad direction. And to keep them on your team is simply to uh, continue to tread water when when you, when you could be swimming. All right. Swim we shall, but not with Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> Wide receiver in Pittsburgh. Week three against Houston, he put up 14.3. Week five, they had a bye week unexpectedly in week four. Against Philadelphia, 4.8 points. Week six against Cleveland, 1.6. One of the fun little uh, quirks of the scheduling is that the Steelers have had four straight home games. They were supposed to have an away game in the middle of that, but they didn't. So four straight home games means that they're going to play a ton of away games later on in the season. Do you think that will affect them at all? Do you think that the home games have helped their 5-0 and start? I don't think it will affect the Steelers. I think that uh, they are clearly a very solid team right now. Uh, all to take this with a grain of salt. Of look course. at the back wall here as Dave talks. I'm, I'm a big fan. He set up that wall. I'm a big fan, but it, uh, it it's clear that they are a team that's uh, that's excelling this year regardless. I mean, look at uh, Cleveland Browns, who some people thought might be a good football team. It isn't so. It isn't so, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Miami Dolphins could crush if wishing, them If point. wishing made it so. Uh, shall we uh, cheers? It's right behind your laptop there. Oh, that's a great place for it. To the unfortunate death um, and early retirement uh, of fantasy production. Of Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't want to cheers to this, but we'll cheers to the to the good things that he's done, rather than the things he's not doing anymore. So he he just recently dressed up in a this snazzy outfit uh, after the last game and went out to the Steelers logo and danced around for a YouTube video, which I find very entertaining because Juju's an awesome dude. 
But the problem with that is when you only have like one catch or two catches for 15 yards during the game, you probably shouldn't be, uh, you know, lollygagging around like you were the one that made it happen. I mean, perhaps he is still important to the team. Oh, you I like I like to know Juju. about like the locker room. I'm sure he's important to all the guys still. Dude, I, I love Juju, and I think he's super important to that team. However, he's no longer a wide receiver one, and maybe not even wide receiver two, with the advent of Claypool and Johnson, that are simply better specimens for this uh, offense. That's true. It's almost like you read my blurb about Juju Smith. Read it, read it up. So, <laughs> so far in the season, he has not broken 70 yards in any games. Mm. Since their impromptu bye week, he's averaging a dismal 5.7 yards per reception. So we've got Chase Claypool, we've got Deontay Johnson. Would you agree those are firmly the two guys that are ahead of him? Yes, 100%. I think is James, James Washington, Washington is behind him because he's kind of a deep, like a deep threat guy. Okay. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. Um, it looks like Smith-Schuster, as I'm saying, relegated to third or fourth on the target list because you've Ooh. got James Conner there still. So That's the rough. Steelers are playing very well, a 5-0 start, the best they've had since the Steel Curtain of the late 70s. So there's no need to fix what's not broken. I don't see a bounce back in store for Juju. There's no reason to change what they're doing because it's working very well. I mean, he could occasionally get a touchdown, which he which he has, but it's just not going to be consistent enough to be starting him on your fantasy team. Yeah, so he's still rosterable, uh, which Microsoft Word insists is not a word, but I'm making it a word. He's also got a really cool YouTube channel, so I, I encourage you to go Subscribe out. to us and Juju. <laughs> That's right. Please. <laughs> uh, so he's going to have a role on a high-powered offense, especially if there's any injuries ahead of him. I would keep him on the roster for now. I don't expect him to see him on your cut. Expect to see him on your cut list uh, as soon as Antonio Gibson, but perhaps in three weeks, <laughs> not two. Yeah, not yet. Interesting note for uh, deep leagues or keeper leagues or dynasty leagues uh, uh, is that Juju will probably, in my opinion, as a as a, a, a longtime Steelers fan, will probably be let go in the off season next year to be a free agent or be uh, traded away somewhere. Is this the end of his contract now? Yeah. So it's it's likely to me that Juju will will uh, have the same path as a Sanders or a Burris or a lot of the other wide receivers that had a lot of success on the Steelers but will move on to another team where they could be the wide receiver one or wide receiver two somewhere else. Yeah, next year, unrestricted free agent. I mean, Juju's he's he's got it. It's just that... So uh, did they decline his fifth-year option as a rookie, or is that not a thing other than quarterbacks? I'm not sure. Okay. But, but yeah, I mean, look at him... That'll take more research than we can do in the next... 30 seconds. Look at him as being a starter next year somewhere else as Pittsburgh moves on and doesn't really want to uh, spend the money on, on Juju. We're going to need our assistant, Ben. Ben, can you take a look at that for us? It's it's going to be sad for Juju. Uh, I hope that the Steelers at least give him like a, some kind of like a gold and diamond studded bicycle or something as a... Oh, that would be dope. As a going away present. Look, Juju Smith-Schuster <laughs> is he's probably going to be... He's 23 years old. Oh, he's so he young. He has a great future in the NFL. Uh, it's just not working out on this team right now for him. And they might even sign him. It's just that I, I don't think they're going to spend the bankroll on a guy that they're not really utilizing. No, it's almost like, and this is attributing a lot of uh, evil to the Steelers, but evil. like they're they're purposely not using him a whole lot right now yeah. in order to reduce his value so they can re-sign him for cheap. I think it's much more like the wide receiver room is so good in Pittsburgh that it, it, they know exactly who to draft and who's upcoming. Claypool is a massive guy. He's like 6'4", runs in almost 4'4", 4'40". He's going to destroy people for like the next four years. Yeah, I've got both of them on my Dynasty team. I'm happy. We're going to dive into Dynasty in a minute, but I have one more dishonorable mention. (laughs) 
I wanted to bring up Joshua Kelly, running back from Los Angeles Ooh, Chargers. Not the Clippers. I just traded him away in Dynasty. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. So he is not officially trending down by our standards, meaning it's not three weeks in a row of descending point totals, but it's three weeks in a row, in a row of bad point totals. Uh, Kelly has been utterly useless when it comes to fantasy football. Jo- Justin Jackson assumed the role of the injured Austin Eckler, and he will be back later than sooner. Later than sooner, according to Coach Anthony Lynn. So what we're going to see is... Um, that Joshua Kelly is going to be relegated to um, being useless, barring injury, and that Justin Jackson is going to be the guy there who is fantasy relevant. Yeah, what did I tell you guys a couple weeks ago? Justin Jackson was the guy and not Joshua Kelly, and it's uh, it's come true. And you've seen that there just hasn't been an explosive play from, from Kelly. He's a guy who has had fumbling problems, who has been able to make a couple plays, but nothing uh, NFL level, nothing uh, at that upper echelon that he should. Yeah, as a rookie, he's just not there yet. Yeah. I mean, he might be one of those guys that you draft in the the second or third round of a dynasty draft, and you end up just uh, dumping to the waiver wire, and perhaps he ends up uh, having some success down the road, but I don't think it's going to be this year. All right. Uh, do we have any other questions from the chat room, or not currently? Move on? Okay. Although uh, we're waiting for uh, for a um, um, some more information from the earlier question, which I'll look for right now. Okay. But, but go ahead. We'll move on to the next thing. Okay. Well, uh, we're going to talk about some deep league and dynasty pickups. So what we're looking at here are players who are beyond uh, the normal starters. So when you talk about quarterbacks, you're talking about players who are ranked below number 20, running backs ranked below number 50, wide receivers ranked below 40, tight ends ranked below 20. And these are for deep leagues, these are for dynasty leagues, um, which to me are some of the, my favorite uh, leagues to play in. Um, they're much harder, they're, there's more at stake because what you do this year reverberates down the line. You know, you make one good pickup uh, on the waiver wire and it could benefit you for years to come. Well, I know you like stakes, and so do I. Uh, Cheers and, to that. And I think that uh, maybe one of these weekends coming up, we should we should do some nice sous vide steaks. I agree. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yes. We cheers. should do steaks in more than one way. <laughs> mm. But yes, let's talk about this. So I have a couple guys for each position, or at least some of them. Tight ends a little difficult to find deep cuts. They, they normally are doing well or they're not really doing anything. <laughs> so uh, for quarterback, I'm, I'm looking at uh, currently Derek Carr. Derek Carr is a guy who this week is ranked ECR 22. We've talked about him at length in the past over many different uh, podcast episodes. And Derek Carr, if you remember a couple of years ago, uh, was someone that was on everybody's list as being a guy that was up and coming, doing so well. There was a particular year, it was 2016, where he had almost 4,000 yards uh, and, uh, and 28 touchdowns and only six interceptions. And that was such a good year for Derek. Yeah. After that, uh, he, he still has had years where he's thrown for over 4,000 yards, but he's never approached that amount of touchdowns, that 28-32. This year, however... He is doing pretty well with uh, the highest completion percentage so far over the year from any of his years previous, 73.6. It's 106 completions on 144 attempts over four games, uh, averaging 273.8 yards 
per game, which is his highest, again, throughout his entire career. Yeah. He's only had uh, uh, eight touchdowns, but that's not so bad considering zero interceptions so far this year. So I really like the way that the Oakland Raiders offense has uh, has changed into something that uh, is fostering players that are actually uh, fantasy football relevant. He's having a career year. Can I read you some stats? Go ahead. So he's got 11 touchdowns on the year. Um, his highest is 32. He's a third of the way in. So he's definitely on pace to at least hit his career high. 6.3% touchdown rate, which means 6.3% of all of his passes are touchdowns. That's the highest he's ever had in his career. He's also at the lowest interception rate of his career. He has only one pick on the season. Great job. 73.1% completion rate. Best in the league right now. Well, you just... You just took all the stats that I said and, and picked different ones, but it's because I wasn't including uh, week five's information in, in that uh, in, in that uh, voiceover. But other, other things that he's doing the best in his career, yards per attempt, yards per completion, yards per game, quarterback rating. Yeah, point stands. Derek Carr is a player who is still being ranked in the lower third of all of the quarterbacks on a week-by-week basis, but is someone that should be starting towards the end of the year or even right now on your fantasy league. Now, uh, this is, again, a deep league dynasty because I feel like this is a player that may not end up being replaced like some people thought he would, that may end up being the guy for years to come based on how he's done. When I look at his stats, I, I, it reminds me of players like Philip Rivers, for example. He could easily be a very long-standing quarterback in this league. Oh, yeah. 57% owned in Flea Flicker leagues. So uh, in deeper leagues, he may be owned, but he may be out there still. And I know Definitely our... Definitely not a big ownership number. I know one of our contributors, uh, a Ted... Bukowski would be very happy. Oh, to he hear. is he is rooting along with the stream <laughs> right now. He, he is loving this. He's a Raiders fan, so he's been waiting for a couple years now uh, for uh, Gruden's grinders to really go out there and and do well. And you know what? I think it's happening a little bit. We've seen the Raiders do pretty well and and change up the trajectory that they were on previously. All right, so we got another question from the chat room. If you will, uh, week seven schedule. Let me just. Get some matchups prepared here. So uh, they want to know, for a flex position, would you go Drake or Lockett? Tyler Lockett, Kenyon Drake. So So we just need to know PPR, half PPR, or standard. If you're going to ask those questions, please include that information. Our our default is to go with, uh, with half with PPR. With half PPR. So we'll assume that until we hear differently. We've got the Seattle Seahawks are going to be playing the Cardinals, and the Cardinals will then be playing the Seattle Seahawks. So that makes it a little easier on the matchup front. I think that you would have to go with Kenyon Drake in this situation. The Seahawks are giving up a decent amount of points to opposing running backs. As I said, Kenyon Drake is uh, trending up. This is for a half-point PPR league. So Drake not getting a ton of catches yet, but um, as I stated last week, Tyler Lockett was one of my players who I think is going to bust for the rest of the year because of the presence of DK Metcalf. So personally, I like Drake. Who do you like, Dave? I don't believe that Tyler Lockett is a bust for the entire year, as Jason mentioned, but I do believe that he'll be a boomer bust player uh, because of the position that he's kind of been relegated to uh, with the other receivers in Seattle and how they're running their offense. I currently have Tyler Lockett as number 33 overall for flex positions in a half PPR league. That's on Fantasy Pros uh, under Drink 5. And I have Kenyon Drake at 36. So very close. It's a, a, it's a good uh, question because it would give me pause on which to start. 
especially considering that over the past several weeks, Kenyon Drake has consistently underperformed his uh, ECR and not done as well as you expect him to do. So I totally understand the question. Uh, I will, however, uh, move forward with, uh, with Kenyon Drake uh, in this particular position simply because he'll have more guaranteed touches than Tyler Lockett. And I'll probably be adjusting my uh, rankings uh, going forward tomorrow uh, or Friday to to uh, um, make those things uh, uh, permanent. Yeah, it's a much higher floor for Kenyon Drake. But, but I have to tell you that I'll probably put uh, Kenyon Drake around 35 and Tyler Lockett around 36. So uh, I am uh, <laughs> right, I would right I would not be surprised if if uh, Lockett did better than Drake against Seattle. It is it is not it's very difficult. Lockett to is a slightly higher ceiling. I I would grant you that. But I definitely think that the floor for Drake is so much higher because Lockett's floor could be one catch for five yards. So I do like Kenyon Drake in this situation a lot more, personally. But, you know, that has a lot to do with the advice I've doled out over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. You that's know, tough. That's tough. Backs so, up my Drake claim. Well, that's a good question. But I, I would play Drake just because he has more guaranteed touches and, and he showed really well last week and the week before was already trending in a good direction. Uh, I think Jason agrees with that. So uh, things could change uh, over the next couple of weeks, but for right now, I think Drake is the play between those two. Alrighty. I like it. Uh, and let's move on. Uh, I, I'm not going to pay too much attention uh, to the second guys on, on my list here. The second guy I wanted to mention was uh, uh, Daniel Jones. The reason why I bring him up as a deep league or dynasty pickup is because the Giants have uh, a lot of possibilities in their future, especially because uh, they're probably are going to have a couple of, of good picks in the next couple drafts. <laughs> and they've, They're not even the worst New York team. And they've obviously decided that Daniel Jones is their guy for a little while. So I say um, if you're in a keeper league or dynasty league, it's a good guy to invest in if you haven't already. Sure. They've got a great young wide receiver in Darius Slayton. They've mm-hmm. got an even better young running back in Saquon Barkley. Right, and and so they're although to build a good core, they're definitely going to try and make it work with Daniel Jones. Although we're seeing right now that there are some issues, uh, and certainly he's not a good fantasy player for redraft leagues. He's only scored three touchdowns in six games, the passing touchdowns. Uh, it doesn't matter if it, I include rushing because there's no rushing touchdowns either. <laughs> really, none yeah. for him? No. Well, he's had a few good runs, he, I feel. He is a guy that is similar to like a Miami Dolphins Tannehill where he'll run for 50 yards a game. That's excellent for fantasy points, but he has not yet scored a touchdown rushing. In fact, he has fumbled, uh, not uh, including week six, in the last four games before that in weeks two through five. Ugh. But the point is that uh, the Giants have been playing bad in general. They had Sterling Shepard go on IR. They've had a lot of issues. I consider Daniel Jones a, an, an upswing target with Sterling Shepard coming back, with Golden Tate there, with Saquon Barkley, uh, um, uh, the ghost of Saquon Barkley helping out. You mean Devonta Freeman? 
<laughs> he's not even the ghost of Saquon Barkley. Point is, he's going to have to pass, and he's going to have the guys there that are able to do it, you know, Evan Engram and uh, Sterling Shepard, and I think that they're going to score some more points and more touchdowns as the as the year goes on. So in a deeper league, not a bad pickup. He's going to do much better than he has already, and there's certainly not going to be a benching there because he's their guy and because their backup is Colt McCoy, and we already know what Colt McCoy has in store for us. That is not playing uh, starting quarterback for the Giants. Well, that's a lot to say about a player that you didn't want to talk about. (laughs) Moving on, uh, let's go to running back. And so the next guy I want to discuss is Benny Snell Jr. Now, Benny Snell is uh, ECR. That's the expert consensus ranking at Fantasy Pros, if I haven't already explained that. Uh, Jason said, he mentioned earlier, that for these particular picks, we're going uh, a 50 or or less for uh, for the wideouts, the running back was fifty or less. Wide receiver was forty or less. Well, I did forty or less for both of them, but uh, for Benny Snell, he's ECR fifty three. Okay. And uh, I like Benny Snell because there are some obvious injury risks in in there for James Conner. James Conner has been great this year. As soon as he came back from uh, from his first injury, he's been kind of lights out every game. But Benny Snell is still getting the ball a couple of times, which is good to see because that means that he's still the backup guy in that offense. And as uh, anyone who's a Steelers fan knows, whoever is the guy is going to get 100 yards and a touchdown. Period. Yeah, he has a fun stat this year. He has two receptions for zero yards. <laughs> <laughs> so Snell, Snell is not generally a guy that gets the uh, receptions. That would be Jalen Samuels. That's like one, one of the stats from my column this year was that uh, Derrick Henry finished the game with two catches for 52 yards, uh, helped along by his 53-yard reception. Yep. No, you're right. But I like I like the idea of picking up a guy, especially behind uh, James Conner, who has been injured a little bit at least every year that he has been uh, fantasy productive. Benny Snell is going to give you what he gave you last year. He is averaging the same yards per carry, the same yards per game, the same uh, attempts per game. Yeah, he's a guy. <laughs> you know, you know what he has. Um, but but again, this is for deep leagues and dynasty, and I think that he's a guy to have on your roster. The second guy I have is AJ Dillon for a similar reason. Because we've already seen uh, Green Bay be a little bit cautious with their their main guy there, uh, Aaron Jones. And um, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are the people there in the offense currently. Everybody knows that. He's had an amazing year so far. But I've watched a couple Packers games. In many different series, they, they leave him behind. He looks winded. He's gassed. Like He's not going to last that much longer. He's going to really blow up all no the, Derrick Henry. All the fantasy points here, but AJ Dillon could easily be a guy who steps in because of injury or barring that, uh if if they uh are not going to spend the money on Aaron Jones over the next year or two, they drafted AJ Dillon to be exactly who he is is that uh, early down guy, the goal line guy, the guy that can take a couple passes. Right now he's the number 3 back in that team. But that's a good team to be a number three back on. Are they only using him in garbage time? A few things like worry me about that. The, you know, he had five carries last week when they were getting blown out. Um, he also had five carries in the game against Detroit when they blew out Detroit. And then he has not received a single target in the passing game yet. Here's my opinion, and, and I think it uh, is reflected also by a Packers beat reporter 
um, uh, earlier in the season. And, and that is that there's no reason for the Packers to switch to this new rookie they drafted, especially on a team with, with Aaron Rodgers. He needs to get way better at pass protection. Yeah. He needs to understand his role and understand the NFL and understand the speed of the NFL. Sure. So much like a Tua, he's not going to get a lot of usage until later in the year or next year. Well, that's a bad comparison considering Tua has been named the starter. Yeah, well, this is later in <laughs> this is later in the year. It is now. All I'm saying is this is uh, back from uh, August 23rd. Uh, so the idea is um, that we know that running backs in general that are new running backs, rookie running backs, uh, guys that you pick up that haven't had that role before, are not as good in uh, pass protection. And Aaron Rodgers is a guy that will demand perfection in his offense. And so A.J. Dillon is not going to he'll be... He'll demand it, but he'll take what he can get. <laughs> I mean, he's taking it. He's doing well. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of this past week. <laughs> Boy, I, I, you know, I wasn't expecting that. Well. Neither was my FanDuel Sportsbook bet, betting line. <laughs> so so I do like A.J. Dillon. I think he'll step it up a lot, considering he's ECR 70. I think at the end of the year we'll see uh, him used more often, especially to spell Aaron Jones because they're going to want Aaron Jones uh, safe and well for the playoffs. True. And, you know, much like a lot of these teams, uh, they're going to take those guys out quite often. You see Ezekiel Elliott, uh, he's going out a lot for Tony Pollard. No uh, coach wants to be the guy that plays their main dude too much. And then he's unable to play during the playoffs. It's one of the few things that coaches have real control over is, like, load management. Yeah. Uh, Wide receiver. I like uh, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, He is uh, from Arizona State, so you know he partied a lot, which is fantastic. That's something I look for. Good for for him. A level of uh, partiness. Does it it range from, like, Peyton to Gronk? Is that the scale? Philip Rivers like, to like Gronk. Peyton Manning to Gronk. Philip Rivers is probably. Philip Rivers has a darn good time, Dave. <laughs> Dag Navit. He knows how to freaking party. Dag Navit, you're right. Um, here, here's a guy who, like his his first couple plays, he was he was hurtling people for touchdowns. Yeah, it was awesome to watch. He's a fantastic wide receiver to look at. Uh, he, he has four carries, two touchdowns on those carries. Right, and, and not only that, but he has uh, one receiving touchdown, and he's only been out there for a limited amount of time. I mean, the guy the guy has only had 14 receptions and four rushes, and he has, out of those 18 touches, three, three touchdowns. touchdowns. So that's something we used to look at when we uh, algorithmically were doing rankings years ago. Points per touch. Points per touch, which is such a great stat, and who was the best points per touch candidate ever? Anton Smith. Running back Anton Smith, who would only occasionally run the ball. When you don't care about sample size, it's Anton Smith. He would only... When you do care about sample size, the answer is um, Darren uh, with an S. I can't remember his name. He was on... Darren with an S. He was on San Diego and then New Orleans and then um, uh, and Darren, then Philadelphia. Darren with an S. I only know Darren McFadden. Darren with an S. Tell me who that is. I'm looking it up. And then, of course, there was one year where uh, we we had our whole algorithm going on, and uh, it spit out this guy uh, to score like 16 touchdowns, and we were like, "That's not going to happen." And it ended up happening. Darren and, Sproles. Ah, uh, Sproles. Ah, uh, how can we forget that? And that was we a. Have to take a drink for that. That was a particular wide receiver from Green Bay. I missed the uh, lead into that. What was that, Dave? Yeah, when when this guy had like. 
14, 15 touchdowns in a year, our algorithm told us that that would happen, but we said, no, that's not going to happen. We and then to, it happened again. We need to adjust it. The very famous James Jones. James Jones, that's right. So cheers to James Jones, to Darren Sproles, to, to uh, Anton Smith. Yeah. To all and, the guys who make the most out of the touches they're given. And he's this is one of those guys. Uh, and so I think, personally, on this 49ers offense, which is, is very uh, shaky right now because they're not really sure what they're doing uh, as far as uh, play calling and a lot of things, they, they're they're a mixed up team at the moment. Yeah. All they know is throw the kittle, throw the kittle, throw the kittle, throw the kittle. Uh, and hand it to Mostert. Wait, where'd he go? <laughs> He's not on the team anymore. <laughs> but I think you're going to see uh, Brandon have a much bigger role in the offense because I think he's better than any other wide receiver on that team, and I think uh, he will sort of rise to power. You like him over Debo? Yeah, absolutely. Nice. I mean, he's just more powerful. He shows more speed. He shows uh, – he's really good. It's interesting. The the two wide receivers, Ayuk and the next guy on the list, are the two guys I was debating on who to give away in a trade today. Well, that's why it's the deep league. It was a, <laughs> It was like – it was not the main part of the trade, that's for sure. But it was the guys who I think could have a better rest of season. Um, and certainly in a dynasty league – well, here's the other guy. Let's tough. talk about the other guy. Yes, bring him up. And then you can tell me uh, which one you chose. So uh, Henry Ruggs is the other guy, uh, wide receiver, uh, who is actually uh, ranked as the wide receiver 49 uh, in ECR. And as Jason said earlier, uh, uh, I, I think I was supposed to rank 50-plus and 40-plus, but I just did 40-plus for both of those guys. So, it's okay. But Ruggs um, is, of course, uh, someone who is drafted number 12 this past year uh, out of the rookies. And he went to Bama, so he had less partying. That's right. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, but, but probably more football. But we all know who Henry Ruggs is. Super fast guy um, that uh, was drafted to score touchdowns. He, last week, uh, caught two of three targets for 118 yards and a touchdown, so doing exactly what he's supposed to do. Now, he uh, missed the previous two weeks with a pulled hamstring, so if we look at his stats, he's only had six receptions so far this year. Yeah, but 29.5 yards per catch. Right. And <laughs> and so, uh, again, Derek Carr trending up, uh, those receivers yeah. that he has that are weapons, uh, how often can he play with rugs? He's missed a couple weeks of practice. Uh, now he's back in the game, and he's got a week uh, had a week six bye, so I feel like he'll be full health. And week seven uh, against Tampa Bay, week eight against Cleveland, I I, I have a feeling he's going to come out strong and score some touchdowns. So we're going to see Ruggs uh, as one of those guys like Deshaun Jackson, as one of those guys like uh, you, you know uh, uh, these burners that that just go down the field, get three catches per game, two catches per game, but one of them's a touchdown. Yes. Robbie Anderson, uh, not now, but when he was on the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> now he's just a possession receiver, apparently. Um, but I like Ruggs. He is a, a super boomer bust guy, but in this Raiders offense, Gruden wants to use him, Carr wants to use him, Ruggs wants to be used. So it's a good combination. So I had Ruggs and Ayuk as the last wide receivers on the team. I had to throw one of them in to even out a trade. I chose Ayuk to get rid of. Now, granted, Ayuk has better stats so far, but I think Ruggs has a higher upside this season. This is a redraft league. I think I'm not worried about this, the next season. I think guys. both guys will be wide receiver one or two on their teams for quite a while. Yeah. Um, so so why did you choose Ruggs? You just needed that upside over, like... Uh... At the end of my bench, I would rather have the upside than the, lower, than the higher floor mm -hmm. um, because I'm not going to be starting him unless... 
he explodes and becomes an every week guy. I would much rather have a wide receiver with a good with a better quarterback. Okay. So Derek Carr right now playing way better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And I don't think that that's up for debate. Um, so I, I stuck with Ruggs and I gave up Ayuk. We'll see how that works out for me. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, last guy, and, and like I said, I, I looked at the tight end position. I wanted to pull a couple of people, but I was kind of unable to because at this point, a lot of those uh, uh, tight ends that are out there that are lower in the rankings I are... I dart throw tight ends we could... You could shoot down. Nah, that's okay. This. We have, we have, <laughs> if if you want, but we have an additional uh, segment to get through. So uh, Gerald Everett on the Rams. We recently talked about um, uh, Tyler Higby, who's the number one tight end there in Los Angeles, and Gerald Everett is a guy who's kind of like a AB situation with Higby. But if you look at Everett, uh, he has uh, so far this year, at least in games one through four not had very many targets. There's only four targets, uh, or sorry, five targets through those four games that resulted in uh, four receptions for 41 yards. No touchdowns. That's that's obviously nothing to speak of. But the last two games against uh, Washington, he had four targets, four receptions, 90 yards. And against San Francisco, four targets, three receptions, 27 yards. While we also see Tyler Higby not doing as well necessarily in the offense. So what what I think I'm seeing here is uh, is that we're getting a little bit more usage from Everett, uh, or at least kind of a um, a, a one-two uh, situation where they're both about equal in the eyes of Jared Goff and the coaching staff, as opposed to Tyler Higby. Uh, as coming into the year, everyone thought that he would be the 1A to Everett's 1B. Um, I don't know that he is someone to uh, to grab and play in a redraft league, but that's the whole point of this. I think that here is a guy who will consistently be uh, your tight end 2, but that is available in a lot of leagues. Oh, yeah, I bet you that, like in especially in a league, let's see. Mr. Gerald is owned in Flea Flicker, 21%. Yeah, so we can talk about uh, Higby, who's going to be owned in like 80%, and, and then you've got uh, Everett, who's only owned in 20%. Obviously a guy to, to, to take, to stash, to use. Um, when we see Higby trending down and Everett trending up, we'll see if that if that uh, statistic is one that lasts. And, and that's all I have. Do you want to throw a couple dart throws, or do you want to move on to the uh, last So segment? the dart throws I was going to mention... Anthony Ferksker, any any juice with him from Tennessee? Replaced Johnny Smith last week. Johnny Smith big is game. already limited in practice, and he's clearly the tight end one. So I don't think that Ferksker is is going to be any future value. Ferksker, Ian Thomas in Carolina, not much going on there. It's their only tight end, really. Going with not much going on there. Okay. Um, Just they're not the, that offense isn't utilizing the tight end. Position. They're really not. Yeah. Uh, Ian Thomas is a cool guy. Everyone else who I wanted to throw a dart at is actually. In the top 20, so I will leave them unthrown. <laughs> well, don't throw them then, man. That's fine. Fair enough. Uh, I am still looking for this email uh, that was sent out from someone in the chat room. If, I... if we can't get it, we'll, we'll get with you, and we'll make sure that we get you an answer before uh, the week starts. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, so I have a, a cut list, and uh, I'd like to throw out some names and see what Jason has to think about them. But... As we talked about earlier, as Jason mentioned, this is uh, one of my favorite segments, and it's really just that kind of uh, that machete, that scythe, 
you know, that, that, that comes down and chops off the head of those players who are, are simply not worthy of being on a roster. I'm going to look at... just call it the guillotine. The guillotine. I'm thinking uh, 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 10 to 12 team leagues. If you're going any further than that, 14 team leagues, dynasty leagues, then sure, you could have these guys on your team. Naturally. But 10 or 12 team leagues, I don't think that I would roster these guys personally right now. Oh, based, wow. There's some interesting players on here. Based on how they've done. Oh, wow. So let me... Wow. Okay. Let's go. So let me shoot some Spoiler to you. alert, there's some wows on here. <laughs> let me shoot some to you. Uh, first one is uh, Jared Goff, and we just talked about the Rams. Uh, Not even one of the wows. <laughs> so so Jared Goff, if we look at... Um, um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm pulling up the uh, ECR ratings here. Do so, you need his stats so far this year? What do you need? Well, I'm looking at... My rankings. Uh, maybe you can look at the ECR from Fantasy Pros. I have Jared Goff ranked as number 19 going into this week. And he was a guy who uh, was a little bit higher on the rankings earlier in the year. Granted, he's going against Chicago, but I still don't think that Jared Goff is someone that I would play on a week-to-week basis. When I look at his... He averages 2.5 interceptions per game against the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> when, when we look at his game stats, uh, he has had five interceptions already uh, over over the course of the year, along with one fumble. Um, and last week against San Francisco, he only put up 198 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception, which is not good enough in a 10 or 12 team league. Tell me your thoughts on uh, Jared Goff this year. I'm perfectly fine with cutting him. You're not going to hear an argument from me. I don't think that if you have a, uh, let me rephrase this. If you have a starter that you're comfortable with, and you're past the bye week, or you're not immediately coming up on a bye week, you should not have a second quarterback on your roster. Yeah. And Jared Goff doesn't belong there at all. I mean, I could see streaming him against, like, the worst team that he has to play all year. But that's about it. The worst team. (laughs) I mean, none of his games are really, like, 267 and three touchdowns, uh, 321, two touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. That must have been his best game week three against Buffalo. And yeah. you're not like going to say, oh, Buffalo's the team I want to start him against. Maybe against Washington. I, no, get rid of Koff. We don't need to talk about it anymore. Who's your next guy? Okay, next guy is uh, Kirk Cousins. And uh, Kirk Cousins has had a great game last week. He scored uh, a 30-ish fantasy points, depending on your scoring system. Last week, uh, he, he had as many touchdowns as interceptions. 343 yards. He did have three interceptions, but he had three touchdowns, which is great, right? 300-plus yards, three touchdowns. But the the reason why I'm saying this uh, is because he has uh, basically had his big game versus Atlanta, and I feel like at this point they simply uh, double down on the running game. They they don't pass very much. They have some bad matchups coming up. It doesn't seem like a good uh, play going forward. He's off this week. He goes through the division after that. Packers, Lions, and Bears. Yeah. Don't don't use Kirk Cousins. So when you look at uh, yards yards per game uh, versus opposing quarterbacks, uh, I'm looking at Flea Flicker right now in their stats. Uh, we have uh, Minnesota going up against Green Bay, who gives up the uh, uh, the 13th most. Uh, and then uh, Detroit, the 12th most. Chicago... You're talking about passing yards? Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, the, the best defenses per game. So, so, so Chicago is the second best defense against opposing quarterbacks, fantasy speaking. They're uh, only giving up 10.6 points per game. 
Yes. So if we look at default fantasy points, the the twelfth yeah. best Green Bay, uh, the seventeenth best Detroit, the second best Chicago. Uh, so it's not until Dallas in Week 11 that Kirk Cousins has a game that you think he could probably put up some big fantasy points. Oh, in. get rid of Kirk Cousins. He's on bye anyways. He's of no use to you. This is four weeks where Kirk Cousins is not going to be a good play. Agreed. Great. Moving on. So running. You like back. that? No, I don't like that. <laughs> Kirk does though. That's a good one. Uh, Cam Akers. So for those of you who aren't that familiar with Cam Akers, he was just drafted in round two for the Rams, but he didn't have any touches. Uh, this past week. And I love the guy. I think he has a lot of talent going forward. However, if we talk about people that are trending in a bad direction, uh, the first week he had 14 rushes for 39 yards. Uh, good that they're giving the ball, right? Uh, the second week, 3 for 13. Third week, 9 for 61. Uh, even though he had uh, a, a good week that week, he wasn't used at all in this past week in week 6. Now they're playing against Chicago next week. Cam Akers is not someone who's going to be used. He's not being utilized by the Rams. Uh, they are they are using their other running backs um, in the game. And here's a guy who um, can be dropped, even though he was drafted uh, fairly high in redraft leagues as well as uh, as keeper in dynasties. Yep, I agree. Uh, Malcolm Brown. Uh, is another guy that I don't need to touch on too much. I think I may have included him in, in one of our... I think you're a bit of a Rams hater right now, Dave. It's it's not my fault. Uh, <laughs> it's the Rams' fault? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, again, this is four, just a trend. Three of the first four dr- cut players that you mentioned are Rams? Rushing uh, uh, nine times, eight times, two times in the past three weeks. Receiving six targets, two targets, four targets in the past three weeks. Uh, scored no touchdowns, done nothing of note. Uh, th- those guys are, are just not helpful... Uh, Daryl Henderson is probably the guy that you should own right now if you want a running back on the Rams. He had 14 for 88 last week. He had a touchdown the previous week. You should want a running back on the Rams. This is what I told you. You should settle for one, maybe. This is what we talked about several weeks ago when when we were talking about Henderson maybe being the breakout guy. And the answer is no running backs are good on the Rams. Okay. There's too many running backs. Uh, Who's your next cut? Uh, next cut is Matt Breida. Agreed. Have... Okay, and uh, Ernest Johnson, who was a waiver wire pickup that a lot of people were really into this past week. I, I will I will admit I was wrong about Ernest Johnson. <laughs> He's not taking Nick Chubb's spot. <laughs> it's all Kareem Hunt there until Nick Chubb gets back. I will finish my drink because I was wrong. Oh, I like that you finish your drink. Isn't that a uh, Isn't that a, a sour monkey? It was. Ooh. So the Sour Monkey is one of our favorites, and we'd love to be sponsored by this particular brewery. Oh, Victory wants to send us some free beer. We will just uh, let us know. Sing their praises. <laughs> well, I mean, you might make me sing their praises. I don't know. You're a better singer than I am. Fine. Mm. <laughs> I do have some parody songs I want to play this year, and I'm I'm already writing one for this particular uh, for next week's podcast. So if you guys don't mind, I would like to play a a tune perhaps uh, next week. Excellent. So my next uh, uh, category is wide receivers. We're going to go through them fairly quickly. Julian Edelman, uh, who is uh, quite a surprise, but it's not because Julian Edelman is not a good receiver. I feel like it's because uh, the the team's uh, interplay between a quarterback with Cam Newton or Jared Stidham or Brian Hoyer or whoever the fuck is their quarterback is is just not understanding how to run this offense correctly. The loss of Tom Brady is is very very uh, visible 
uh, in Bill Belichick's offense this year. And although he's had so many targets, uh, I mean, a huge amount, uh, he still has only had uh, seven receptions for less than 70 yards over the past three weeks. Yeah, aside from the frantic comeback game that they had in Seattle, where he had eight for 179, he has no touchdowns on the year. Um, a terrible catch percentage for a guy who should be a high percentage receiver. Well, they're, they're, he has been getting a lot of passes that are in very strange positions. Yes, they're Cam Newton passes. I totally acknowledge that. Yeah, it's a problem. Uh, and although I don't think that Julian Edelman is suddenly a washed-up receiver, I do feel like, uh, at least for the time being and going forward, he's not a startable offensive player. Uh, and Not in re- fantasy relevant. In redraft leagues, he is droppable. Interesting. Okay. Do you, do you disagree? I'm not dropping him yet. Are you? Do you have him in a redraft league? I do. Who would you? Why would you even play him? Like anyone that you can I, pick up. I'm not up, playing him, but I'm uh, hold on to him. But so. anyone you can pick up is better than him. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. So so tell me, for example, the best wide receiver available on the wire in that league, uh, and we'll compare him to Julian Edelman. Okay. So the best wide receiver in terms of points scored right now: Cole Beasley. Randall Cobb, Russell Gage, Greg Ward, Sammy Watkins, Adam Humphreys. Cole Beasley is maybe the only one I would want above them. And he was just cut. He's still on waivers. So Cole Beasley has two touchdowns in the last three weeks. Uh, he's had 13 receptions in the last three weeks with a solid average of... Uh, I don't know why he was cut, to be honest with you. Six targets per game. Let's take a look at who cut him and make fun of them. He He's scored far more points than Julian Edelman on a ah. regular basis. Someone I know well. <laughs> Cut him. Okay. In order to activate Corey Davis from injured reserve. Cut Cole Beasley. Great. Well, in my opinion, although it might pain you to do so, uh, it, it's maybe not a bad move to uh, to take Cole Beasley, who's scoring more points than Julian Edelman on a, on a weekly basis. I it, actually still think of Julian Edelman as above Henry Ruggs. Same team. That's not true. Okay. You need to something that we all need to do on a on a weekly basis is totally reset what we think about the players having uh, been involved in fantasy for so many years. When we when we do this every year, we, we think about these guys like um, like Julio Jones or Mike Williams or Julian Edelman. We we have this idea of what they are based on history. Of what they have been, yeah. And what they have been has nothing to do with what they are. So if you and, and you know that I I always agree with this uh, one because I'm saying it so I have to agree with it <laughs> and and two because it, it has to do with trends is that if players are trending down over multiple weeks there is no argument against this this is just a thing it's a fact it, it is it is happening and it should be addressed so in, okay. in in your position I feel like Beasley's a better guy than Edelman I doubt you're going to pick him up but. I, I like Beasley a lot. I have him in other leagues. I started him last week. Yeah. I like what's going on in Buffalo with Beasley. Um, he's like Julian Edelman. So He's, he's like him, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They play sort of the same role. Uh, um, anyways, who's next on your list? So T.Y. Hilton is the next guy, and uh, I, I feel bad uh, just thinking about uh, the way that his, his grandma is watching him in these games and what she thinks about him. Uh I, he's had so many targets over the last uh, six games. Uh, in week five, he had ten targets and six receptions. In in week six, he had five targets, one reception. Uh, all of this in, encompassing 
in in only 80 yards, no touchdowns, no touchdowns for the season, nothing. So T.Y. Hilton uh, is just not someone to have on your team ever. I cut him this week. I agree. Get rid of him. It's pretty. His horrible. grandma will not be happy with you, but she's less happy with T.Y. It's pretty horrible though. Do you think she calls him T.Y. or has like a nickname for him? Um, uh, I I'm sure she has a nickname for him. Yeah. It's probably a cute nickname. It usually is. <laughs> Uh, we have a question from the chat room. It's a start three question. Those are always interesting. So Godwin, Boyd, Lamb, Woods, Higgins, Fulgham. We didn't talk about Fulgham this uh, this week, but he's... Godwin for sure. He's continued, right off the bat. He's continued to trend up, and he's been awesome. And in my opinion, I feel like Fulgham is going to be a guy who is, is on our radar now uh, because he's, he's simply uh, uh, what Wentz needs to get up and go, and he's going to stay there. Um, as far as this particular matchup uh, or series of guys, well, they're playing on Thursday night against the Giants. I, I agree that uh, that Godwin is a, a start no matter what. Um, so I, he's got Boyd and Higgins on the same team. I assume he's talking about Tyler Boyd. I can't think of another Boyd. Um, do you like Higgins or Boyd going forward? Not saying that he would start out of the three. I'm just curious about those two. I have them ranked 29 and 30 in half PPR. <laughs> it's always that case. Who's who's 29, Dave? Uh, 29 is Higgins. I, I like Chris Godwin and Robert Woods. Yes, Bobby uh, Trees. I might go with Fulgham and... as the third. CD Lamb is great, but I don't like what I saw from Andy Dalton last week. I don't think that... Um, Mike McCarthy is going to be the one to make a lot of changes from week to week in order to fix things. So I don't feel comfortable starting CD Lamb right away. I I would go with with Godwin Woods and Lamb personally. Uh, but but I understand if you don't if you don't feel comfortable starting Lamb, you maybe go with uh, with Higgins or Fulgham. Yeah, I could almost flip a coin between Fulgham and Higgins. Yeah, I I like Lamb. Uh, he likes uh, Fulgans. What's Fulgans? Higham. What's Higham? <laughs> um, finishing up the the list, we have Nicole Hardman. Uh, Jason and I talked about him last week, and here's a guy on the Chiefs' offense that certainly has the ability to score 80 yard touchdowns, but simply won't on a week to week basis, uh, or even two week to two week basis, because there's too many receivers. Too many uh, people on that team scoring touchdowns. There's about to be another one. And there's Le'Veon Bell, who now, at the at the worst possible of circumstances, will take, I don't know, 30% of the carries in that backfield. Yeah. And uh, he's also going to get passes, and it's it's not good for uh, a guy like, like Hardman. So we, we should not start him on any week, personally. Now, tight ends. Of Zach Ertz, who is injured in, in uh, I, I feel like he is a drop because we don't know what's going to happen with him going forward. And right now, all you need to do is pick the players for your team to get you to the playoffs. Having someone on your team at this point of the season who's going to sit on IR or not play for weeks at a time is not helpful. Especially at tight end. Right. There's no reason to keep Just him. get the best tight end you can get and dump uh, Zach Ertz for right now. Yes. Eric Ebron is not a good tight end who has not been scoring points. I feel like this is a personal attack. It's not. <laughs> I'm the Steelers fan. <laughs> Ebron is a good tight end. He simply doesn't need to be used in an offense with uh, with Claypool, Schuster, and uh, and Johnson and Washington. Zacherts was one of the woes, in addition to Julian Edelman, by the way. <laughs> and Robert Tanyan, who scored three touchdowns in one woe. game, 
is is not someone who you need to start on a weekly basis. He just had a really good game because Adams wasn't playing and Marques Valdez-Scantling is not a good football player. Now, now that he has Devontae Adams back, there's no real reason for him to throw the ball to Robert Tanyan in the end zone three times, and he's not going to ever do that again. Tanyan's the fifth-ranked tight end on the year. Because of the three touchdowns. He also had a touchdown in each of the previous games as well. Okay. I'm just telling you that that has to do with Devontae Adams. He has Adams. more games with touchdowns than without. That has to do with Devontae Adams not being healthy. It has a lot to do with that, sure. Do you have he Tanyan? Has a great catch, nope. He has a great catch rate this year. I think that Tanyan is someone who I would hold on to. Well, I, well, I disagree, uh, but... Uh, you disagree I, that I would hold on to them? Yes. <laughs> but I know that Tanyan and Rogers both like uh, uh, sipping tequila and whiskey, and they probably zoom each other from their from their houses and, and talk about game plans for the next week. So, I mean, that's cool. But uh, when Devontae Adams is playing for Aaron Rodgers, he's the only person that gets the ball. Yeah. So this gentleman in the chat who's been with us in, from the start, uh, we did get his roster, right? And this is a stacked roster. I, 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 I almost failed to see that it, it would be real. So the roster is as follows. Russell Wilson at quarterback, Aaron Jones and Ronald Jones, the Jones brothers, starting at running back. Devontae Adams and DK Metcalf starting at wide receiver. Hunter Henry at tight end, the only weak spot on the team. And Josh Jacobs in the flex. This is a ridiculous team. Guess who he has on the bench who hasn't been able to play for a while? Who's that? Christian McCaffrey. Oh, bring bring Christian in. I don't think you need anybody. Bring Christian right over. You can... I, I would trade Ronald Jones for a better tight end. In your eight-team uh, family league. Aside from that, I you're hope, not going to improve your team much. I hope that you're winning. He's got A.J. Brown, Adam <laughs> Thielen on the bench. It's a 10-man league, apparently. I think two of them must be dead. Hey, well, that's <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Congratulations. That's one of the most stacked lineups I've seen in a long time. You are you are clearly based on Way your to go. on your iconography. If this is your first year playing fantasy football, then we're all in trouble. You are you're about to take over. You're clearly an imposter, and I'm voting you out of the airlock, based on your iconography. Uh, we have one question as we leave. Should I start Ingram or Schultz for my tight end position? 0.5 PPR. Uh, can I answer this for you, Dave? Because the answer is Dalton Schultz, because you just told everybody to cut Ingram. I, oh no, not Ingram. You told everybody to cut Ebron. I did not tell everyone to cut Ingram. I and confuse I, and, I confuse my tight ends who have the initials EE. Sorry. And uh, Ingram is playing against the Eagles, who are 29th against tight ends in fantasy. So the answer is Ingram. Evan Ingram. Yeah, <laughs> I would go to Evan Ingram. Uh, well. Now Evan Ingram has not had a, a good couple of games, but he will have a bounce back game here. It is simply written in the sand. Uh, and Dalton Schultz is not a bad tight end, but as Jason said earlier, what we should be suspicious about uh, oh my. is the fact that um, the Cowboys are, are being led by Andy Dalton, who is middling at best, as we know, and the, the management and the situation surrounding the Cowboys uh, is tumultuous at best. The Eagles have given up games of 25 and 32 points oh, to opposing my. tight ends. Yes. That so. is ridiculous. Angram. We have one more question. Angram all the way. I'm going to give this one to you, and then we'll sign off. Okay. So pick two for PPR. It's uh, Cooper Cup, Chase Claypool, or T. Higgins. He's really concerned about Cup's matchup versus the Bears. So Blue Crew, uh, Jason, pick two for him, Cup, Claypool, or Higgins. I, too, am concerned about the matchup against the Bears. 
So when it comes to wide receiver fantasy points given up, the Chicago Bears are among the best teams. The second fewest points given up. Among the best. One of the two best, I yes, suppose. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the Rams being the best. Somehow so, somehow doing well. <laughs> if you have wide receivers in this game, don't play them, unless it's Allen Robinson, I guess. But I digress. My answer for you, sir, T. Higgins and Chase Claypool. Okay, there you have it. Please subscribe to the Drink 5 YouTube channel. Uh, we would love for you guys to come back uh, and, and see future broadcasts. Uh, on FantasyPros.com, you can see not only all of their awesome tools and all of the experts that participate... But we're one of them, David Biggs, Drink 5. Check out our picks on a weekly basis. And number drink... six preseason rankings from last year. And drink5.com, we have articles uh, running the gamut of things from confidence pools to rookie reports uh, to crazy stats to boomer bus players to rankings every single week. So thank you guys very much for joining us, and we will see you next week. We'll be back next week. Thanks. Yep. Cheers, everybody. Oh, you got to leave something in your cup, my friend. <laughs> Good night, folks.